If only there was one thing that we could say to couples that would guarantee their success in marriage. If only. If only. Well, I think there is one thing, and it's look to Christ, obey Christ, both of you together. Mm-hmm. Do so with open eyes, uh, clear hearts, can't lose, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that Friday Night Lights? Is that what yes, that Yes, you just quoted Texas the, the football. Show. <laughs> no, so uh, there are things I think that we can go into being Christians, we have yeah. the worldview that can withstand every manner of scrutiny. And yeah. and when we have a marriage built on that same worldview, on the truth of the everlasting God, yeah. we have something to tell couples. We also can see, I think, clearly what could be causing issues and mm. themes that arise among marriages that struggle and fail. Yeah. In our years of working with married couples, we've been married 20 years, been doing this type of work for 10 years. Can you believe that? No. Talked to, worked with. Just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just, I keep getting younger. <laughs> no, we've worked with a ton of couples and we've seen some themes arise in couples that perpetually struggle in marriages that never quite hit their stride. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that in detail today. So we'll see you on the other side. Selena, I got into a little bit of an internet dust up. As I like to do once in a while. This is not new. This is not new. Now, they're not dust ups in terms of they don't make headlines, but they, you know, I end up having dialogues with people that disagree with with me, which I I, I appreciate. I enjoy it. If they just stay engaged, we can get somewhere. Usually they end up calling (laughs) me an idiot and leaving. (laughs) And I'm trying to keep my, you know, keep my composure, do the Christian thing, be nice and don't call them an idiot because everyone knows they're the idiot, not you. (laughs) Everyone knows. Anyway, everyone knows. <laughs> in one of these recent uh, exchanges, I, I don't even know if this is a dust up, but uh, there's a gal on the internet. She's what you would call maybe a red pill uh, YouTuber, right? Somebody who is uh, advocating for conservative, you know, values, conservative political, uh, you know, sociological viewpoints. But, you know, there are non-Christians in that space. And so they'll advocate for conservatism. Mm-hmm. but they will do so without the undergirding of a Christian worldview. So inevitably hmm. what ends up happening is you get these distortions of what the solutions to yeah. societal ills might be. Yeah. And so this particular girl, her, uh, she, she's on YouTube as Pearly Things, right? You may know the name. Her name's Pearl. Um, and she's on Twitter too, which is where I spend my time. And so I'm interactive. And because somehow the algorithm d- decided that I'd be interested in this content. So I, I was, I commented on something she said and uh, it was interesting um, Do you want to read what she said? Yeah, we're going to read what she said. Um, we've skipped our intro part, so I'm just going to say that real fast. I'm Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. If you don't know who we are, we're it's, the Fredericks. Find us on Sunny. She fell asleep. Yes, Sunny's with us again this week. So if you want to follow the, the podcast, obviously you're listening to that. If you're watching, find the podcast. Search for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Um, we do parenting and marriage podcasts. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Okay, so... Again, Pearl, red pill, conservative. She's Catholic, but not Christian in the sense that we use the term, I would say. It's not evident. I'll say that. And here's what she said. She's talking, she's kind of got this, this is the chord that she's been playing over the last few weeks, uh, talking about how women are the reason men are no longer interested in marriage because the laws, the family courts are all so corrupt that uh, men effectively are disincentivized to get married because it's a huge investment in terms of your emotional, you know, you're, you're coupling your life with somebody where, and at any point 
Pearl contends. Women can just, they'll just run off for no good reason because of no fault divorce. And so she's saying that men don't have a reason to be married. And the way to fix that is to change the laws. Now, I agree. We need to get rid of no fault divorce. I think it's been, it's tearing apart the fabric of our society. Mm -hmm. People don't understand what marriage is. And that's um, no fault divorce makes that problem worse. So as she's interacting with this topic, I'm wondering, okay, what are the themes that we've seen arise Mm -hmm. among the couples that we've worked with? In other words, why are they struggling? Why are they failing? Yeah. So for you, listener, the reason we want to bring it here is so that you can be aware of these things in your own marriage. You can Mm -hmm. be aware of these things in the lives of those you love, your friends, your family. If you have kids, eventually they're going to be headed into marriage, Lord willing. You can avoid a lot of heartache by just understanding, I think, a few of these themes that we've seen having worked with married married couples for 10 years. So Selena's going to read this tweet. We'll interact with it and we'll go from there. All right. So the other issue you get is trad cons think they're the authority on marriage when they have not even made it to the 25 year mark. Pretty easy to say marriage is great in your 30s, but things change. So no, I would not say just being married makes you an authority. They often have spent zero time listening to the men whose marriage has not worked out for them and tell them to just pick a good woman as if it will solve everything. When you start interviewing men on this stuff, you come to find out that many married men are in a sex are in sexless marriages. Many married men have to ask their wives permission to do things. They don't even have authority in their own home. Many married men are in emotionally abusive relationships with women, but men don't complain or talk about this stuff. You wouldn't know unless you investigate it. And so again, it's kind of hard to get the full context of what she's talking about. She's subtweeting people. She's quote tweeting them. She's interacting with other people's ideas around mm-hmm. the topic. Uh, not a few days before this, I think she had quote tweeted me saying, um, here's, here's the key. Like here's a solution. One, find a good woman Two, make lots of babies, <laughs> like have a good marriage yeah. and teach your kids to love kids. And you know, that's, that's a good start to rebuilding a society because it was interacting with something she said. And so I, I don't know if she's talking about me when I say, Hey, marry a good woman. Cause right. that was something that I said to her. Right. But the point being, I, I, I doubled down and I wanted to go even further, but then I'm thinking through what causes marriages to fail. Yeah. I'm not trying to invalidate the idea that we need to revisit our marriage and family laws. I think those need to be re- revisited, but we need to get down to first things Yeah, you gotta get down to the root and, and it's going to come down to the heart and the right. heart legislation is always going to be a function. It's downstream of culture. Right. And so why our battleground, so to speak, is we aim to transform culture by the power of the gospel Mm -hmm. in the home. Mm -hmm. That's our whole long game, you guys. So we're looking 30, 40, 50 years down the line, praying, hoping that God will give us fruitfulness through you, our listeners, through your kids, who you're going to be discipling, through our own children, through the legacy that is whatever fierce families, fierce marriage, fierce parenting will be, through our publishing efforts. And so we're looking down the line, hoping that the cultural shift that happens by the power of the gospel in the home will find its way downstream into laws that are more aligned with the goodness of God and the Mm -hmm. law of God. And so here's what I responded with. I said, yes, pick a good woman, but also be a good man. Mm Mm-hmm. I worked with countless couples via fierce marriage. We've been married 20 years and we've uh, seen just about all one can see when working with married people in the West. Here are 10 themes I've seen in marriages that struggle or fail. In hindsight, I, w- I would add one more, but it's not as round <laughs> as 10. always do. <laughs> I think one of the main reasons, uh, clearly, I mean, we're teaching our daughters about this right now. One of the main reasons marriages struggle and fail is that we're not great at selecting a mate. <laughs> Get great at selecting a mate. Yeah, there you go. A tagline for you. 
It's our but pre-marriage. I feel like a lot of people that get married, <laughs> they do so not because they're looking for a, a spouse. They do so because it's whatever the next stage is with whoever they happen to be with. Right, right. And people don't have their their eyes open looking for. And a lot of that, and that comes down to the other 10 reasons I'm going to give. Yeah. So the first one is this. People underestimate marriage in general, including what it will require and what is at stake. That's not reason number one. Right. And so, that goes hand yeah. in hand with what you were just saying is, you know, people don't, I don't think they see marriage accurately. They don't know what it is. It's just like, well, we've been together and I love you and you love me. We seem to work. So I guess I should propose like, let's get married. When's a good time? What is our schedule? Like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of this next thing you do. It's not far fetched to say that. Yeah, this is just where people have headed. They, they have had no direction. They've had no instruction. They've had no, there's kind of left to their own. It's like, why should we get married? Well, it's the next step. There's no actual like undergirding of yeah. these are my moral convictions. This is what I believe. Right. These are the things that are important because God says they're important. Right. They think it's going to be easier than it is. Yes. So they're stepping into it light with too light a notion of what covenant is. That's number two. But they don't anticipate that it will actually be hard. I think they know kind of in their heads it'll be hard. But then when the rubber meets the road. Which it always does. Which it always does. <laughs> and if they don't have the the, uh, what's the word? The, the, the Foundation. fortitude. Yeah. And they, they've, they've underestimated just how much it's going to cost yeah. them. Now, what I mean by that is it, it's going to cost you yourself. You're going to die to yourself. You're going to die to your own desires. You're going to have to learn alongside someone what it means to be righteous in yeah. loving them and to receive their love and to, and we'll get into more of the details, but I think people just underestimate what marriage is and what it will cost. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. So you can't, it's hard to ask it. I think that we at Fierce Marriage are trying to paint the picture, Mm. show people the roots, show people where, you know, the trouble spots are going to be, where you want to be looking. Uh, But again, it's like if you've never experienced it, you have nothing to go off of. You're limited in your knowledge and understanding. Um, But get around people and get into resources that are saying, here are the things that will be required. Know these things, not just head knowledge, like. You got to start getting familiar with it because once you do get married, like it will all start to make sense. The beauty of this, the the beauty of this particular one is that you can at any point look at your marriage with sober judgment and say, okay, this, if I want this to work, it's going to cost me something. Well, you've just fixed number one. Yeah. And it should cost you something. um, Let's let's go to number two. Uh, People have an underdeveloped idea of covenant, which is the backbone of the whole endeavor. Underdeveloped. I don't even think people use the word covenant. Hardly at all. Well, I, mean, I would say in Christian circles, circles yeah. they'll say, yeah, it's the covenant of marriage because that's just what it is. But yeah, they have no idea where the idea of covenant even comes well, from. Well, but we got married and we didn't use the word covenant. It's like just marriage. It's, it's, I don't recall I mean, I, that I ever a, being yeah, used I, in our, it wasn't in our daily vernacular, but promise. we knew what it meant and we understood that it was more sure. than just a contract. And because I had, my dad had taught me that. Um, and so, and, and what we mean by this is that, if you're listening, watching, you don't understand what covenant is. I'll just say it quickly. Every ounce of how God has revealed himself to us has to do with his covenant with mm. creation, with his covenant with mankind. He is a covenantal God. It's his chosen vessel through which he relates to the created world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a God who keeps his covenants. He's a God who keeps his promises. And so when we see God as a covenantal God and we see him carrying out the covenants as he yeah. does, yeah. we have a, we have a developed view of covenant at that point. Mm-hmm. And then when we see marriage as that type of covenant, mm-hmm. 
um, then we can live it out. But if we don't have covenant in our in the context and in the, in the understanding, yeah, yeah, if it's not in the forefront of our minds, our marriage will lack a backbone. Yeah, we go into it very selfishly. Unfortunately, we don't really realize how you don't realize how selfish you are until again the rubber meets the road, and you're like, oh, this is hard. Like mm. I thought we got along. I thought I thought everything was good, and now ooh, this feels hard, you know, and it's like, well, Mm -hmm. that's what your covenant's there for. Like, I always think of the Roman Colosseum when I think covenant. I don't know why. (laughs) We used to use that example because it's the covenant, it's the, it's the venue within which. Yeah. When we went there, we were like, wow, they really fought here and they really duked it out. But yeah, the idea of covenant, I feel like I'm still learning about it. We learned about it when we started Fierce Marriage and it's just layers and layers and layers, which is so good because your, your marriage needs something, needs a backbone. Okay. Yeah. But you think about any time you, I mean, yeah, do you want an invertebrate marriage <laughs> or do you want a vertebrate marriage? <laughs> uh, you know, are, are you a slug as a, as a married <laughs> couple? Jellyfish? Yeah. So if you imagine trying to operate as a human being without a spine, I mean, you're, you're dead in the water. Yeah. Uh, quite literally. So that's the number two reason why marriages struggle and fail is they have an underdeveloped idea of what covenant is. Number three is people misunderstand love. They think it has to do with feelings, which it does, but only on a tertiary level. Primarily, love is received from God. That's one. Secondarily, we love because we are loved, and it's an action. Mm-hmm. So we have the, the we have the receiving of God's love, one. Two, we love as a result mm-hmm. in our actions. And then the third way we experience love is the emotions of love. Mm-hmm. So many people want number three mm-hmm. without, without numbers one and two. Right. And so people misunderstand love. And this is most prevalent when you hear what's the... The cliche. Oh, I love you. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Doesn't oh, that just great on you, listener? <laughs> yeah. By now, if you're a fierce marriage listener, <laughs> you should be great. That should great on you. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We choose love. Love is not something that happens to us. It's something that we do. Right. And God is love. I mean, if we know God, then we will know love. And if we don't, if we feel like we don't know love, we feel mm. clumsy in how to love our spouse well. Go to God. Go to the scriptures. It's very clear. And mm-hmm. um, been writing a whole talk on submission and what that means and what that looks like. What, submitting to your husband is one way you can mm-hmm. love your husband well, right? And so, wait we a second. To, what does that have to do with my warm fuzzies? Once again, there's an order, right? To love, it's not yeah. the uh, the uh, epitome. Well, no, no. What's the top? Not the epitome. pinnacle, the pinnacle. There it is. The pinnacle, the pinnacle of love. <laughs> no, yeah. The Christian ability to love comes only from God, as the Bible tells us. Well, I think, yeah, he to love he, rightly. Well, yeah. Uh, imagine if God were not love, if, if, he, if he wasn't love, if he says, you know what, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> what if he said that to us? What if he, to his creation, he just said, you know what, creation, mankind, creatures, stars, planet, I love you. You're good because I made you good, but I'm not in love with you anymore. So I'm going to turn my back. Well, that's the second we all implode and, and stop existing. Right. So we, we have a God who is a God of love and he his character us, is love. He sustains his, us through his love. And his love is acted upon. Yeah. Um, so that's number three. Number four reason marriages struggle and fail is, as I said, familiarity is a result of ungratefulness. And if left unchecked, mm-hmm. it will kill a marriage. Go back to our last episode, learning the language of gratitude yeah. uh, that came from, I think, chapter nine or something in our how a wife, how 
my book, How a Wife Speaks, not being grateful, grumbling. I mean, I'm going through Exodus right now in my Bible reading plan, and it's just like they forget so Mm. quick and they grumble. And who are they grumbling against? God. They're grumbling against the holy living God who's a pillar of like smoke and fire and mountain shaking Mm. power. And you're just like, oh, this is, you know, and it's the ungratefulness we are so familiar with. Mm. We are so comfortable with in our relationships, especially in our marriage. And so completely it goes unchecked. Your language starts changing. Your actions start changing everything. That's the key. It goes unchecked. Mm -hmm. So we can all have moments of ingratitude. Like you were last week. I I remember nothing. (laughs) No, it it was more me for sure. Mm. (laughs) And there it is. Uh, yeah. So it's a difference between one. It's, it's, it's small choices every day. It's like, yeah, when I see in the morning, I have a choice to make. We talked about micro decisions that make a huge difference yeah. a few weeks back. I see you in the morning. Am I grateful for you? Or am I just, am I taking you for granted because I'm ungrateful for everything God's given me, mm. namely in my wife, in my family, in this life he's given us. Right. And so if, if the ungratefulness goes unchecked, it breeds a type of familiarity that will eventually lead to, this is a big word, a disgust and even a bitterness toward one another. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's, it sounds like a big leap, but it's not. Yeah. Ungratefulness, mm-hmm. familiarity, disgust. Well, and that, I mean, why does God address grumbling and complaining so much, you mm. know? Right. Because that's... <laughs> It's where it starts. That's where those seeds of bitterness yeah. take root. Yeah. And there it's is a, left. there is a component to trusting God for being grateful for what he's given you too. Yeah. There's a godly contentment that has to be there. Yeah. We'll get around to the worldview stuff. That's actually toward the end of the list here, yeah. but we'll do one more. We're actually running short on time. We'll do one more then we'll, we'll do a part two for next week. Um, Cause I want to do these, these topics justice as we're talking about it. Cause I feel like it's got a cultural relevance that we really need to address. Yeah. Okay. Number five. It says, many assume they're good at communicating while most are not. Men can and should lead this charge as women are naturally more inclined. So again, this number five reason why marriages struggle and fail is lots of people, lots of people assume they're good at communicating. They just assume they are like, oh, we talk, right? I We're am good. very good at communicating. And of course, everyone who, <laughs> like you always think you're right. You always, you always give yourself the benefit of the doubt right. while being critical of everyone else. So it's. Everyone else. But in reality, <laughs> most people are not good at communicating. It's a very hard thing to do. It's hard. It's hard to do well. And that's to, why we, we wrote our, <laughs> see, precision. Uh, that's why we wrote our latest books. And we don't mean to plug them, but this is a fresh idea in our minds. And that's why I said men can and should lead in this. And, and so when I wrote How a Husband Speaks, you mentioned How a Wife Speaks a few mm-hmm. moments ago. When I wrote that, the, the biggest conviction I had is I want men to own this part mm-hmm. of their marriage. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't mean their wife can just phone it in. Like they need, <laughs> she needs to work on communication too. Right. But as far as it goes for the, for the men, you treat it like you are the buck stops with you for the communication culture in your home. And that is so assuring and it leads it for me, the effect would be, wow, my husband's really working on this. I see him really working on this. How can mm. I encourage this, but how can I also improve in this area as well? I think it just has yeah. that effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the ideal reaction, you know, and, and I think a husband who take <laughs> sets out to be good at this, Yeah, I think naturally his family will follow starting with his wife. It will take 
an act of faith on the husband's part, especially if there's something to be undone damage wise, because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen overnight. So that husband's going to have to commit to communicating well. Yeah. Even if the feelings aren't there, even, even if, if the it, wife's not reciprocating, right. even if it doesn't appear to be working and that's where you'll get through to the other side and you'll actually gain some of the skills that you think you had. Yeah. <laughs> You'll actually have them <laughs> and, and being a good communicator. So that's, that's reason number five is a lot of folks think they're great at communication, but very few actually are. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to continue this on the next um, episode because we'll actually, we'll get into some pretty deep stuff, namely like sexual issues and yeah. marriage. We'll get into um, how wives are able to hold on for longer, but they give up harder mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll explain what that means. Um, but for now, I think we'll probably call it an episode. Um, if you don't know who Jesus is, we want you to know Christ. He is the Logos. And what I mean by that, he is, that's a Greek term for, he was the word by which God created everything mm. and by which he sustains the universe. You need to know who Jesus is mm. because everything only makes sense if Christ is at the center. So if that's you, you say, yes, I need to know Christ. Here are the encouragements we have for you. Find a friend who knows Jesus. Ask him to read a Bible with you. Number two, find a church that preaches from the Bible. If you can't find a church, we have a website set up for you. It also explains what the gospel is and what it means to be a believer in Christ. That's a website. It's thenewsisgood.com. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's pray. Father God, you are so good. Thank you for marriage. Thank you for the gift it is. Thank you for um, the ability to um, communicate here on the podcast to hopefully mm-hmm. help couples understand what some of the pitfalls are. Lord, help us to be people that are wise in not only our own marriage, but in terms of culture and the different streams of thought that are coming down through our culture. Help us to refute them, Mm. to give a reason for the hope that is in us, that we might then lead people into your truth, into knowing you, into walking according to your ways, that we might flourish. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We didn't mention it at all, but if you are still here and you'd like to partner with us, we would love that. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. And that's all we have for you this week. So this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.